Hello friends, uh, my name is Harry Baker, welcome to Something Borrowed. This is the first episode of what will hopefully be an infinite amount. I am a poet, I have also dabbled in the worlds of, of comedy and indeed music, and I hope to bring guests from all three spheres, if not further afield as we go on. I'll start off with some of my friends because it will make the chat easier, and as we go on hopefully I'll make new friends that I can bring to you. The format is we'll both share something from our back catalogue, something we're working on currently, something that's inspired us, and then something that loosely adheres to the abstract concept of blue. As you will hear, uh, it involves a TARDIS, uh, blue planet, and blue Peter today, amongst other things. Uh, this was the first one. This is always going to be a podcast, but it's been shifted in tone slightly because of the ongoing coronavirus, COVID-19. Hopefully by the time you listen to this in the future, uh, that will be a thing of the past one day. But because of that, I think there is a craving for connection. All my gigs have been cancelled at the moment. So we did this as a live gig through Instagram Live. Uh, and because of that, there are a couple of points. The connection is not crystal clear, but I think it's enough to get through. Erin was kind enough to re-record her first poem so we could get that in its entirety. And the rest is pretty good, I think. Um, as it goes on, I'll get better at recording. So the quality will get better from a technical point of view, but in terms of content, the, the quality is sky high to begin with. Uh, I especially enjoyed in this episode, Erin's, what was described as a delicious trilogy by my wife of poems inspired by current events. Uh, if you want to read those, they are on Erin's Instagram page at Erin Bolands. Um, if you have enjoyed this, please subscribe. We're going to get more. If you'd like to be part of the live experience, uh, that was on my Instagram page, Harry Baker Poets seven o'clock on a Wednesday. Uh, next week's guest is Gecko, who is fantastic, and we will go from there. But for now, I'll step out of the way and let you listen to the first ever Something Borrowed. Wonderful. My name is Harry. I am a poet, and this is Something Borrowed, a concept I've been thinking of for a while. I was going to do it as a podcast, but I never got around to it. And I feel like in these times of being apart, Having something like a live gig would feel like a good a good thing to do. Um, so I've got a special guest who I'm going to bring on in a dramatic reveal uh, in a little bit. But rather than bringing them on and just making them watch me do a poem, I'm going to start off with a poem to sort of explain what I do and bring them on. And then we'll do a bit of chat and it'll be all good. Eve wrote about me in their personal statement. That's very cool. Um, wonderful. So this is called Something Borrowed. It's based on the concept of something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, which I think comes from weddings. But aren't we all wedded to our dreams? So I'm going to start off with something old, uh, which is an old poem of mine called The Sunshine Kit. And it's the poem I named my book after. And I've been sending books to people up until the point where I'm no longer allowed to go to the post office. Uh, but that, that poem is about light and darkness. And, and it feels like we need light in this current darkness. So it goes like this. Old man Sunshine was proud of his son. And it brightened his day to see his little boy run. Not because of what he'd done nor the problems overcome. But that despite that his disposition remained a sunny one as. It had not always been like this. There'd been times when he tried to hide his brightness, you see, 
Every star hits periods of hardship. It takes a brighter light to inspire them through the darkness. And if we go back to when he was born in a nebula, we know that he was never thought of as regular because he had a flare about him. To say the Midas touch is wrong, but all he went near seemed to turn a little bronze. Yes, this son was loved by some more than others. It was the case of Joseph and his dream coat and his brothers because standing out from the crowd had its pros and its cons and jealousy created enemies and those he outshone such as the shadow people. Now the shadow people didn't like the sunshine kid because he showed up the dark things the shadow people did. And when he shone, he showed the places where the shadow people hid so the shadow people had an evil plan to get rid of him. First up, they made fun of his sunspots. Shooting his dreams from the sky, the words were gunshots. Designed to remind him he wasn't very cool and didn't fit in with any popular kids at school. They said his head was up in space and they would bring him down to earth. Essentially, he came from nothing. That was what he was worth. he never get to go to university to learn any degrees. He'd never show would be the first degree burns from those who came too close. Told him he was too bright. That's why no one ever looked him in the eyes. His judgment became clouded. So did the sky with evaporated tears. The sun started to cry because the sunshine kid was bright with a warm personality. And inside he burnt savagely, hurt by the words and curses of the shadowy folk who spoke holes in his soul and left cavities. And as his heart hardened, his spark darkened. Every time they called him names, it called his flames. He thought they might like him if he kept his light dim, but they were busy in a lightning. She had terrible aim and he couldn't quite get to grips with what they said, so he let his light be eclipsed for what he said. He fell into a lone star state like Texas and finally been punched in his solar plexus. But that is when Little Miss Sunshine came along. Singing her favourite song about how we're made to be strong. You don't have to be wrong to belong. Just be true to who you are. Because we are all stars at heart. And Little Miss Sunshine was hot stuff. The kind of girl when you looked at her, you forgot stuff. But for him, there was no forgetting her. Many he saw a hit image burning his retina. She was out of this world. She accepted him. Something about this girl meant he knew whenever she was next to him, things weren't as dark as they seemed. He dared to dream. Shadows were nowhere to be seen. When she was there, he beamed and his eyes would light up in ways that can't be faked. When she grinned, her raised, the raised, the raised, the tip words of hate that gave each other nicknames. They were Cool Star and Fun Sun. And gradually the shadowy damage became undone. She was one in a septillion. And she was brilliant. Could turn the coldest blooded reptilians, vermilion loved by billions, from Chileans to Brazilians, and taught the sunshine kid the meaning of resilience, she said, that all the darkness in the world could not put out the light from a single candle. So how the hell could they handle your light? Only you can choose to dim it, and the sky is the limit, so silence the critics by burning. And if eyes are witness to the soul, then she drew back the curtains and let the sunshine through the hurting. So in a universe of adversity, these stars stuck together. And though days became nights, the memories would last forever. Whether the weatherman said it or not, it would be fine. Because behind the clouds, the kid could still shine. As the sunshine kid was bright, with a warm personality. And inside, he burnt savagely, fueled by the fire inspired across galaxies by the girl who showed him belief. Erin, how are you? Thank you for being here. <laughs> I'm good, thanks. I'm very excited. Just, just technically, I feel like I'm as excited as everyone else was about four years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thought of me struggling to invite you, even though we practiced this yesterday. Uh, that's, really, that's really. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, do you want, how would you describe yourself to people if they don't know you? I feel like I should have done that in my research. 
Oh, um, you can if you want. I w at this moment, I would say enthusiastic and chaotic, probably. But <laughs> what we all need. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, okay, I've got a yeah. Do you remember our first gig we did together? Yes. I want to know if it's the same one I remember, or if one of us is wrong. It, was it in a pub either called The Lion or The Unicorn? It's unicorn, yes. Yeah, yeah I think oh, maybe and, four years ago, three years, something like that. And the format of the gig was they just booked a few poets and let them do a chunk each. And I just remember it being over in a nice amount of time. And I remember thinking, wow, that's, that's how it could be. And so ever yeah, since then, when I've run at night, I've tried to not let it be too long. So that's my <laughs> promise to you, viewers and, and featured guests, that I won't drag this out for too long. Uh, there's only two of us, so it can't be too bad. Um, I appear, yeah. promise. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. Um, in which case, um, I'm going to get you to do a poem, something old, which could be a classic. It could be the something so old that it was before you were any good at writing poems i don't know but i'm gonna hand it over to you to, to perform something and i'll sure i'm gonna go i'm gonna go very old i think i'm gonna go the poem that um i first ever performed it that night actually with you come on at that actually um which is a few years ago it's very old um this is called um seeing london it's about um being a sort of um northerner in london and having a massive guilt about that uh, and never ever being able to just say I live here without sort of squirming and doing something weird um so it is um it's about that I'm gonna crack on with it it's called seeing London I call London my fling but we are now four five six years in and even I am not buying that anymore London is not my type I never thought I'd find this level of self-confidence attractive I tell people we hardly see each other and yet my clothes are strewn across his floor I've had a toothbrush in his loo for years friends say you and London you're a thing then and I say no mysteriously not really not seriously and they look confused they ask me about Leeds and I say, we're still in touch. Oh, you know us, we'll be married one day, I say. We just want different things, but we'll snap back just like that. It's sort of what we do. And I say it like I know it's true, but really I can see that Leeds is moving on. He's got new tattoos, new hair, a new best mate called John Lewis. And I am desperately trying to see through this because I don't know where I fit. My anecdotes are out of date. My small talk is patronising. I never hear his news firsthand these days. No one asks me about Manchester anymore. I guess they never really understood that but wished us well. We needed each other for a bit. He was my bit of rough. I was his safe bet. We didn't last. Didn't ask each other enough questions for that. But I hope we meet at a party in a few years and smile. Say, you look well across the buffet and mean it. Meanwhile, London and I are self-isolating together and I don't know how that happened. People say, how's London before how are you? I don't know, I say defensively, ask him yourself and they do. They come back beaming from his side of the room. Oh, he is so cool. He just told me about his new project, about the yoga studio, come cafe, come avocado farm, come cemetery. 
you are so lucky they coo and my smile is so forced it nearly tears my face apart and I know I've got to break this up before it breaks my heart but when I get home London has put sold out theatre tickets on my pillow spread them out in an attractive fan and I try to resist but I'm not sure if I can but that night I have another dream of Leeds Mm, it's a dirty dream. The Yorkshire moors all naked and speckled with purple heather freckles. And in the dream, I am walking a whippet that I have never owned, wearing a flat cap I have never worn. I go to a picturesque pub I've never been to, chat to rosy locals I've never met in a tone that I have never used. Instead of a bath, I climb into a giant Yorkshire pudding and submerge myself in gravy that is definitely not vegetarian. As I dip my head under the film of fat, I wake up and London is snoring in my ear, arms around my waist, spooning me so tenderly I want to cry. I want to run back to the arms of a city that I have always called mine, but, well, Leeds hasn't called this year and London is being kind. All right, I sigh. You win, London. I like you. You make me laugh, and I drape myself around his shoulders like a scarf. London raises one sleepy eyebrow in annoyance, saying, Erin, come on, you know by now, it is pronounced laugh. Hooray! Well done for you having to do good faces throughout that. There was a point when it, it stopped and I was I was willing the internet on, but it's it's back now and I'm here mm-hmm. and I think I think it came through. This is this is the joy of the live elements. Yeah. yeah. Um, someone's saying clap. Look, we're getting emoji claps. We've got a woo from Toby Campion, which mm-hmm. is all I've ever. Yeah. Same over. Um, fantastic. I'm glad you did that one. I was going to ask you to do that one if you didn't. So that's, that's ticked that off straight off the bat. That's um, wild. Um, uh, but updated, self-isolating's in there, just adapting to the time. Keeping in it, yeah. Keep... What have you got to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Been an adaptive few days, hasn't it? Or weeks? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, wonderful. Something old, now something new. Yeah. I yeah. Um, I think you're good at writing new things. We we there was a period when we did lots of gigs together, and every time it felt like you had something new and I didn't. And so I'm I'm impressed by you. Uh, also, I like how we spoke yesterday, and you said you had a, a poem open but not written, and I like yeah. that concept it was was a one word theme and it was maybe going to be a poem or not um so that's exciting so have you got a a couple of short ones yeah yeah three little ones little new ones yeah um also yesterday you said you were going to try the toasty maker how did that go Mm. i had cheese and pesto for lunch cheese and pesto that's was really good guessing that's great Mm, in the toasty, yeah. Nice. I didn't realize for a long time pesto had cheese in it, so that's a lot of a lot of cheese, cheese and cheese. Yeah. I mean a fake one, but you know what you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, wonderful. Would you share some new poems? 
Uh, yes, shall I go? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yes, okay. Yeah, so these are all all, all current situation related. Um, this first one is actually, you, you created this one. Um, when you were saying what we could do, you yeah. said that, we could share different things, but that poems are the safe zone. Um, <laughs> and so I've written a poem called Poems are the Safe Zone because I loved that so much. Um, this is Poems are the Safe Zone. I can lick your face in a poem. It would be very strange and unnecessary to keep all of my poems six feet apart. I can hug strangers here. I can offer you a bite of my sandwich and I can hold little clammy hands and say what soft fingers, what a great use of skin. I can't see them mentioning poems in a press conference anytime soon and thank goodness for that. I can fit the whole world in a sentence but they always seem to miss someone out. I was one of the first to say well poems are not going to help now. Why didn't I learn nursing or invent tins? I love being wrong. I love the moment a poem, that little bit of your mind you forgot, taps you on the shoulder and says, is this yours? You dropped it back there, but I think you'll need it later. Mm. Oh, yeah. That got away from Grace in the room. <laughs> very, very good. So thank you for the prompt. Um, shall I do another one? Yes, please. Yeah, okay. this was the one that was open but not written yesterday. Um, this is sort of um, based on all the sort of new online interactions that we're having, um, Zoom chats and that sort of thing, and the sort of pressure of those, and just the fact that I've heard the phrase, are you on mute so many times in the last few days? Um, so this is sort of <laughs> based around the pressures of that. Um, this is called After This. After this, I'm going to ask people in real life if they've got their mic on. Are you on mute, I'll say, in bed or Sainsbury's or class? It'll sound facetious, but I'll mean it. Are you on mute? Did you need a moment to scream without being heard? When you put your hands over your face, were you turning your video off so you could laugh at something that happened yesterday with us, without us assuming you were taking the piss? Did you turn to the wall because it's a lot? It is a lot. Were you saying I'm ending the call now? I love you, but I need a wee, and both of those things are true. After this, when in the same room again, we will not question it. We will all go to the toilet and not worry about who we might not speak to again. Come on. I've got, I've got one more in this little sequence. Um, shall I go? Yes. Yeah, all right, all right, a little hat trick. Um, this is about the pressure. I feel like this is all very new and I feel like there, there can feel like a lot of pressure um, to suddenly become good at everything and use this time to acquire 10,000 new skills, which might happen eventually, but yeah. it's not essential right now. <laughs> and I feel like that can feel a lot. <laughs> um, so this is called Miss Pandemic 2020. You do not have to be productive. You are not a dairy cow or a field of wheat. Nothing will grind to a halt if you do not take up the ukulele, learn Spanish, start to crochet, master Pilates. This is not a competition. There will be no Miss Pandemic 2020. You can't get a sash out of this. You cannot win crisis. Only hold each second like you might have held a hand and think, what can I do with you and you? 
and you. And before long, you will have collected a minute. Minute collecting is my new hobby. I'm practicing it a lot. I'm trying to do it as carefully and as slowly as possible. And when I cry, I use the minutes I've collected to keep myself up. I look around those minutes and see what lives there. And then I start again. Everything has changed. It is okay for this to not feel like a holiday. It's not a holiday. We are scared of air. I tried to do yoga yesterday, but instead I swore at the screen and made a coffee. And that's okay. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Um, Little the plan, pandemic. <laughs> the plan was to do this every week with different people, but maybe we could just do this every week. This is very nice. We're just hanging sure, out. Sure, no one needed, yeah. <laughs> I'm having a great time, yeah. <laughs> um, one, thank you. So I, I, yeah, sorry for making you just do three in a row. I thought we did it in sections. That's your, like, new section, and now I'll do my new section. I, felt, I worry my films are too long, because I've just got one. But I, I like it, and I don't always like new poems. And it goes on that sort of roller coaster of being really excited and then thinking I've wasted all of my creative energy and time and then clawing out the other end. Um, and I've, I've tried to learn it, but there's a lot going on with, like, the screen. So if I forget it, then I forget it. But otherwise, ah, okay, Grace has got it there. That's exciting, because on the back, I tried to do some sums. <laughs> so... I've got a poem, which is all of my skills combined. Um, so this is called Impossible, and it's a new poem about trying to find hope in amongst the despair. And after writing it, I came across a quote in Alice in Wonderland where Alice says something's impossible, and the Queen of Hearts says, I've done six impossible things before breakfast. And I really like that as an idea. So it goes like this. The truth is it's too easy to tell ourselves it's too hard when facing the end that it's too late to even make a start. But if we take impossible to mean that we don't have a chance, we have lost sight of how unlikely it was we would get this far. The way the single fish outwits the shark by sticking with its school, the way a crescent moon outspins its dark to once again be full. Even winter, given long enough, begins to lose its cool. What was once exceptional now barely registers at all. Flamingos and giraffes look like they were drawn by a child. We can't begin to comprehend all of the ways this world is wild. None of them asked if they were possible before they came to be. None of them have ceased to exist by being told they make believe. The bug who finds it all too much and tries to shut off everything, to then recover and have summoned up the strength to stretch his wings. The snake so full of herself that she cannot help but shed her skin, or how instead of death, the hedgehog went to bed and slept till spring. To think the earth exists at this specific distance from the sun, down to the angle of the axis on which everything is spun, the fact that trees happen to breathe that which we need inside our lungs, it would all seem impossible had it not already been done. We are impossible to everyone who's ever gone before, and everyone who's yet to come will push impossible some more, just as indeed the do's we did outdo the don'ts we didn't. So everything's impossible until it isn't. The thought of rivers changing course before somebody gave a damn, or that a tide might turn from shore before a line's drawn in the sand, 
we cannot know how far our actions go, the impact they might have. Sometimes the only thing that we can do is to do what we can. Just as the night is at its darkest when it's introduced to day, just as the dry is at its harshest in the breath before it rains. It's easy enough to believe in something when it's all okay, but it's when times are at the hardest that it's hardest to have faith. Yet when the light begins to fade is when we need it the most. It's by surviving day to day that we see seasons evolve. If there was never any doubt, there'd be no reason for hope. It could be too late to do anything. It sure as hell is if we don't. And I am tired of the doom and gloom and self-fulfilling prophecies. I'm trying to find room to bloom and self-fulfill the opposites. When it's an act of revolution to try to stay remotely positive, there's nothing wishy-washy about opting to be optimists. Whether a brightest future is possible, we may not truly know. But the first step towards that future is imagining it so. Just as indeed the do's we did are do the don'ts we didn't. So it remains impossible until it isn't. And when it's over, and we're no more than old bones within the ground. Still the soil knows to sow its seeds from what is broken down. What is lost is always lost until the moment it is found. It only ever goes one way, unless we turn things round. We are so constantly surrounded that it's easy to forget. This world was built on impossible and that hasn't stopped us yet. So yes, indeed, the do's we did outdo the don'ts we didn't. It only stays impossible until it isn't. Hooray. That's a nice uh, dramatic pause there as I search for the lyrics to the final four lines. <laughs> um, wonderful. Uh, so that's, that's my, my new. Um, which brings us to halfway, which brings us to the part I know you're excited about, which is the, the grace interval. Uh, Grace is my my wife, my inspiration, my my isolation partner, and I thought uh, Grace Hi. could just give us um, a sort people. of you could let us know how you think it's going so far. Uh, yeah, 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 it's enjoyable. What's been your favourite bit? Uh, I mean, Aaron's tr trilogy is just delicious. Delicious I trilogy. Think, I think that was delicious trilogy. Um, this was quite a good moment. I feel like I shouldn't have given you the paper because you have just about learnt it. And yeah. then it was like giving you a crutch that maybe you didn't need. Wow. And then you Powerful. stumbled because you sure. had the crutch available. So wow. it's a tricky one. We'll learn about so rare to, get to see a sportsman with their coach. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you looking forward to in the second half? Uh, uh, something borrowed, something... Oh, something borrowed. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to, to what your inspiration is. Great, right. great poet, friends. That's and nice. uh, over and out. <laughs> that was the grey section, which I'm sure will grow to become everyone's favourite part. Um, so... Just to rewind a tiny bit, though, I'm really glad that you like that poem. Yeah. Thanks. That is so lovely to hear that. I love it when people clearly enjoying what they're doing. Yeah, yes. And it's so nice to hear that you were in that moment of enjoying it. <laughs> I've learned to show Grace things before they're finished now. I used to not, because it was a lot of pressure on her, because if she didn't like it enough, I would just destroy it. Um, but <laughs> that that's not entirely fair. So it's sharing it as I go. Um, uh, someone called James Kiley asked, where has Grace gone? That section needs to be extended. 
Susie Baker says, bring Grace back. I mean, these are all people who know me very well. <laughs> prefer you. So that's good. Um, so this show, is it a show? A movement, this initiative um, is called Something Borrowed. Uh, yes. And it's, it's, I like the structure. I like the idea. So far, I'm having a nice time. Grace is still there. <laughs> that's important. Um, Grace, but enjoyable. Sorry. The, um, yeah. uh, Borrowed was the one that made the title because I was quite excited about it. Um, I did a gig with Zia Ahmed recently, who is an absolute fave. And he just read a John Cooper Clark poem halfway through a set because he really liked it. And I think it's interesting yeah. who people's influences are or mm. who people like, whether or not that's obvious in their work or not. So if you're up for borrowing something and sharing it now then that's yeah cool. yeah I'm gonna read one of my favorite poems at the moment which I sort of revisited today and just seems um uncannily relevant um this is by Danusha Lameris and it's called Small Kindnesses mm -hmm. do you know it I don't yes um this is Small Kindnesses I've been thinking about the way when you walk down a crowded aisle, people pull in their legs to let you by, or how strangers still say bless you when someone sneezes, a leftover from the bubonic plague. Don't die, we are saying. And sometimes when you spill lemons from your grocery bag, someone else will help you pick them up. Mostly, we don't want to harm each other. We want to be handed our cup of coffee hot and to say thank you to the person handing it to smile at them and for them to smile back, for the waitress to call us honey when she sets down the bowl of clam chowder and for the driver in the red pickup to let us pass. We have so little of each other now, so far from tribe and fire, only these brief moments of exchange. What if they are the true dwelling of the holy, these fleeting temples we make together when we say, here, have my seat, go ahead, you first. I like your hat. Come on, I've not heard that before, but that was lovely. Lovely, isn't it? Very, very lovely. Thank you. It was very relevant for now, also. <laughs> uh, what's What's the title? Small kindnesses. Small kindnesses. I will look it up. I'm not that picture. I might post that after as well. Yeah. Amazing. Um, my something borrowed. Well, I've got to. The first one's four lines long, so I felt like I had to do more than one. But my favourite poem ever I think is these four lines uh, and it's from Lem Sisse um, and I got to see him a couple of years ago uh, and it stuck with me and yeah it inspired part of my poem uh, again it feels very relevant and it just goes how do you do it said night how do you wake and shine I keep it simple said light one day at a time I'm like we're all we're all doing yeah. <laughs> I know exactly. Let me <laughs> but to to justify this section, I've got another one in this book that I really like. Called, <laughs> yes. um, Invisible kisses, and it's it's very lovely. And there's a rhyme in it that only works in a more northern accent than mine. But I'm going to be true to myself and let <laughs> of that show that I'm borrowing this. Invisible kisses. If there was ever one, 
whom when you were sleeping would wipe your tears when in dreams you were weeping, who would offer you time when others demand, whose love lay more infinite than grains of sand. If there was ever one to whom you could cry, who would gather each tear and blow it dry, who would offer help on the mountains of time, who would stop to let each sunset soothe the jaded mind. If there was ever one to whom when you run will push back the clouds so you are bathed in sun, who would open arms if you would fall, who would show you everything if you lost it all. If there was ever one who, when you achieve, was there before the dream and even then believed, who would clear the air when it's full of loss, who would count love before the cost. If there was ever one who, when you are cold, will summon warm air for your hands to hold, who would make peace in pouring rain, make laughter fall in falling rain, if there was ever one who can offer you this and more, who in keyless rooms can open doors, who in open doors can see open fields and in open fields see harvest yield, then see only my face in the reflection of these tides through the clear water beyond the riverside. All I can send is love and all that this is, a poem and a necklace of invisible kisses. Mm -hmm. Bit of on a Wednesday night. Brilliant. Um, Lovely. It feels like story time. It does. It's really It nice. does. And um, it would do that more often. Musicians do it all the time, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I was thinking about this. The reason why I say poems are the safe thing is I wondered if this would work with non-poets. Uh, I think musicians mm -hmm. would be brilliant. Um, and I've got a friend who's a comedian who I'm going to try and convince to do it. Just borrow some jokes, maybe. I don't know. Um, but yes. Um, so three out four. Last bit. Something blue. This is the most sort of abstract up for interpretation bits. Um, but uh, I'm borrowing to transition from borrow to blue. I'm borrowing a quote <laughs> about blue. Uh, if you are in isolation, want something to watch? Uh, Hannah Gadsby Nanette on Netflix. Phenomenal in every way. But she talks about blue in it and how it's ridiculous that girls are pink and boys are blue. Uh, a, a concept shared with the fantastic out-of-the-box cards with whom we are both uh, affiliate artists, maybe? Um, so check out out-of-the-box cards. They're very good at being playfully feminist and confounding stereotypes, and Erin's got some. <laughs> writing them for people. Um, they're very good. Um, but Hannah Gatsby says about blue, Blue is full of contradictions. Blue is a cold colour. It's on the cold end of the spectrum, but the hottest part of the flame is blue. If you're feeling blue, you're sad, but optimism means there's blue skies ahead. A blueprint is a plan, but if something happens not on the plan, where does that come from? Out of the blue. And, and she goes on. So I like that blue could be taken in, in various oh. ways. Um, mm. My blue this week is uh, the TARDIS. Um, I've got a poem about Doctor Who um, because today Jodie Whittaker did a film as Doctor Who telling people if they're worried that they don't have to be. And I, essentially, I think she dressed up as Doctor Who in a house and filmed it in a cupboard so that kids would be <laughs> scared. And that is that's the Doctor that we all need right now. Um, but also, I think... When when she became the new doctor, some people were upset because she was a woman. And I think, if 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 anything, 
bits, what's going on gives us some perspective of what we should and shouldn't be worried about. Um, but this is this is called It's About Time. Uh, and I thought it had a strong opening line until your poem started with, I can lick your face in a poem. <laughs> Just, I'm going to try and go and strong and see how it goes. You don't need a penis to pilot a TARDIS. Why can't we have a female Doctor Who? If you can have two hearts, then you can have two boobs. Why can't we have a female Doctor Who? When you've got robot dogs, a police box, the tentacle-faced ood, where is the only thing that's too far-fetched a woman in their shoes? Of course, there's those that spurn this change. When faced with it, they turn away. They just repeat their words of hate, exterminate, exterminate. I've seen this certain type of gent react online with violent threats, but surely a true Whovian would side against these Cybermen. I get that when you give someone a place in your heart, the temptation is to wish that they remain as they are. But evolution starts with love, and that's the way that it lasts. The joy of time travel is you don't have to stay in the past. And in a time of psychic paper, we read and aren't told what to think. They fear what's coming like the angels, but at some point you've got to blink. Hope is a TARDIS. At a first glance, it seems like an exclusive thing. But if we dare to step inside, we realise how much room there is. And for me, the Doctor's always been a hero of thought, who takes a moment to process and not just show him a force. So in a world of Ryan, Reacher, Bauer, Rambo and Bourne, maybe all it takes is a screwdriver to open up doors. To be among and yet the other, to be understood as alien, is known to every demographic but the one that has been playing him. So like exterminating Daleks, what I've said before, I'll say it again. Why can't we have a female Doctor Who? I often wonder if the Doctor came here now from Gallifrey, quite what she would have to say about the way we act today. And yes, I wrote this as a man, and at the time it felt important. But maybe one day, if it's good enough, I hope a woman might perform it. Little Doctor Who. Um, I'm excited because I realize I've not caught up on Doctor Who, and now is a very good time for catching up on things. So. Yeah. <laughs> That catalogue. Amazing. That's a great interpretation of Blue. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I thought if I'm going to do this a lot, I'm going to need to start quite early on being mm -hmm. interpretive. <laughs> um, wonderful. Would you share something Blue with us? Yeah. I mean, um, just going to bring you back to your description of this as abstract section. Yeah. Um, and just, just remember that sort of i don't know rules are sort of off at the moment aren't they really um Absolutely. i feel like i'm slowly going mad and i think this all might prove this actually um I, all of those things you've described would have been really good ways of interpreting you sure. um for some for some reason um i thought of when you said blue i thought of both blue peter and blue planet um and I've sort of, this is more of a collage. I've got two, but this one is more of a collage. Um, what I've done is I wrote, I watched 10 minutes of Blue Peter from 1970 and um, 10 minutes of Blue Planet, the first Blue Planet episodes, and just wrote down phrases whilst I was watching them. Incredible. And I've merged, I've merged them together. Um, I sort of thought it might be funny. It's not. Yeah. 
um so, <laughs> but this is so this is if anyone wants to fact check um this you can watch <laughs> you can watch blue planet and blue peter um this is what came from it so this is blue peter planet we forget we can form clouds, generate storms, drench land. With a heart the size of a car, it's hard not to cause ripples when you love. All around the world, we switch on lights with ourselves. What a dramatic demonstration of power. Great waves of people walking around in the dark, unimpeded by these current controls, waiting for a gentle breeze. When the nearest hand is 300 miles away, your mind circles the tip of a mountain and can never rest. There is a giant creature in every home that we have never seen, bigger than the biggest dinosaur, waiting to feel. Mm -hmm. There we go. Um, they were talking about power cuts on the Blue Peter episode that I watched, so it was um, lots of sort of light stuff. I've got one more. Um, this is, here we go. Um, <laughs> the third thing came to mind when you said um, Blue was the boy band. Yeah. Um, Wrote this about an hour ago. This is this is um, self-isolating blue. I wonder what blue the boy band are doing right now. Do they still meet up to sing? Do they feel nostalgic whenever they sit on a bar stool? I like to think that they are currently having a Skype concert. Each one sat on a stool at their respective breakfast bars that they all agreed to have just in case this happened. Each one of them poised, ready for the key change. They are socially distanced enough from their careers that it can be fun now. Enough time has passed for Blue the boy band to laugh at themselves. Wasn't that funny, the one in the t-shirt will say to the one in the t-shirt? Wasn't that a rhyme? The one in the t-shirt will nod, lip-sync his line before closing the screen and finishing his bram flakes on the same stool. Come on. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. I think I don't know, I'm just a bit worried that this is all happening at the beginning of the beginning <laughs> of my <laughs> session. <laughs> it's good. We're documenting um, as as before it all went wrong. Or yeah. at the beginning of the descent. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe check in at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Um, um we made it. Did all of the things. Um, uh, before you go, anyone watching, um, you can follow Erin on Instagram and then, you know, Erin Bolens. Someone once said, for, I've not been very good at following the comments because they're, they're going quickly, but I'll read through them later. Um, if yeah. there's anyone you'd like to see do this in future, let me know uh, or any, any problems you'd like. Also, um, I don't even know if I've told you about this, Erin, so I hope this is okay. Um, I, on my bio, there's a link to a thing called Coffee, where you can like leave a donation. And if anyone likes this and wants to donate, then we can split it between us, as we've not got many gigs at the moment. Um, and Aaron and on Naked Bars, and I don't know what I'll do. Um, so if you want to donate, you can, but you don't, you don't have to. This, this was just a way of connecting. So thanks for being part of it. Um, yeah. Are you up for finishing with a thing, just so it's not me sort of drifting out? Yes, yes, yes. Have you got something? You something... Yeah, I've got a little one, yeah. A shortish uh, one, yeah. Let's go for it. Um but yeah, thank you for dragging me out of my slumber. <laughs> it was really nice to be as ever forced to write something. <laughs> it was really nice. Thank you. Um okay, yeah, this is sort of this is 
newish in the middle. Um, this is about sort of doing those worthy things that we sort of try to do for the planet, but not necessarily getting any um, um, appreciation for it and that being okay. Um, this is called Deals with Nature. I know that some of the animals I could have eaten were probably pricks. They are in a field making a shrine to me because I didn't dip them in mayonnaise at their funeral. I tried to talk to a turkey about my meat-free Christmas once, but it bit me anyway. The polar bears don't know that I'm trying to use less plastic. The orangutans can't know that I'm buying different biscuits. The cows won't be told when I turn down profiteroles. The fish didn't celebrate a year since I used a face wipe. And on the days that I do nothing but deplete the Earth's resources, I am glad that we never taught nature resentment that the trees are completely indifferent to who benefits from their oxygen come on what a note to end on thank you so so much um thank you um and you have a book coming out you sent me a pdf who knows what's happening but is it is going to be a book it is, I think, a bit later than the plan. Sure. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> um, in the summer, I think. Yeah, but it will be, will be a book. Yeah, right. that to look forward to as well. Um, but otherwise, thank you, thank you everyone for watching. Um, it'll probably be about twenty seconds while I work out how to end this. But if anyone's got any final words, you can say them now. Otherwise, enjoy your Wednesdays. Let's do this again. I'll post the poem that I borrowed because I think a few people have asked if that was by, so I'll post that. Amazing. And thank you at home for listening to the first episode. I just listened myself whilst going on my one piece of designated exercise of the day. The only edit I made was to take out a five minute conversation me and Erin had about naked bars, but I do also recommend them. Um, yes, please do subscribe. I'm gonna keep going with this project. Uh, I've had a lovely time. If you do follow Ellen, follow Ellen. If you do follow Erin on Instagram, she has since posted up those poems that she has written and I borrowed one and they are very excellent. But otherwise, I will hopefully see you soon. Maybe tune into a live show. Otherwise, I'll record the next one with even better audio quality than this. Look after yourselves. Stay safe. Much love.